1: hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. I am joined with my friend Bob, my friend Jim to talk episode nine of Star Trek this uh, episode and spoilers. So watch the episode first if you haven't if you haven't done that yet. But this episode is essentially the Gorn return episode. And uh, uh, it's it's Bob was saying off camera and and it's been said all over the internet that this is sort of, star trek meets predator meets aliens um it's their horror sort of episode um to me it was pretty well done i enjoyed the episode i mean there's parts of it that were kind of cheesy or kind of different um i didn't enjoy the ending and we'll get to that towards the end uh, as we're talking of uh, losing a major character off the show um I don't know. They, the the one piece I would say could have solved some problems for them in this episode, and it was frustrating that they didn't do that, is I would have uh, not had Pike go. I would have had him stay and had uh, Number One go instead, because she hasn't been getting as much screen time. And that would have given her her screen time, too. I think it would have made the events that happened scarier because you don't have the, I don't know, He's such a great captain, and when he's on the away team, you know he's not going to die, so it just makes it more of a calming thing. And and if you've got an episode where you want things to be scarier and more unknown as to what's going to happen, what better way than to put Una in charge? Because we know we've never seen her in any pr- series after this, so you could kill Una. You don't, We don't know. So uh, anyway... Well, but, you know, but my, my whole question about this thing is yeah. with with how they made the Gorn,
2: yeah. right? They're 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 basically just like wild animals. So how, how are they how how are they supposed to be building starships and and all this kind yeah. of stuff? I mean, I, I I don't get them as 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 beings that could be building starships when they're like basically just this lizard animal
1: thing. Well that's one of the main complaints online about that is is the same theory the same same thoughts the way that the only way that anybody can really think of how this justifies it and I think even the writers have come out and said that this is the case is that in their adolescence or youth or whatever they are vicious just completely instinct driven animals and then as they get older they mature and they become more of what we see the gorn So how
3: do you i'm I'm totally with jim for one if you look at the original gorn it's a totally different thing it's more of a sentient i don't say calm they're vicious but they're but they're you know they have thought how do you how do you get teach these gorn children when you put them in the classroom and they eat each other it just isn't and they don't really reflect the the canon that was built up in the original series very well.
2: Yeah, I mean I, it, I mean the whole society would collapse. I mean, can you imagine if if all humans up until the age of 25 were just killing any other humans that they found around them and were just constantly fighting killing each other and killing any older ones that they found and you know, I mean it would just be total chaos and and your society would just totally collapse. So you know, and, and 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 even, you know, it's like they didn't even look like something that could could actually build something. You know, they, they, they looked like just wild animals. How are they going to, oh, let's see, I'm going to build a warp drive. And somehow. Well, I would I, say
1: it was like Alien where they completely changed their look from the time they were born. They were obviously deadly from the moment they're born. But then they changed their look when they later in the episode as they get older yeah but aliens- you'd say them they'd have to change yet again as they get older to to be even different than that is is the only way that the only way it would make sense for them to make ships and so forth now if they're going to make a if they had stumbled upon a different alien race on this planet or whatever that wasn't the gorn and that didn't have space abilities then yeah then it's fine to, for them to be this wild sort of thing but
2: Yeah, oh, I mean, it was, it was a good episode, even though, but I mean, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, there were, there were, it was a good episode, but there were a lot of problems with it. You know, another problem I saw with it is like, oh, so this space, this Federation ship has crashed on the planet. And we're going to go help them by sending down a shuttle with half a dozen people. You know it's like so they've got an entire ship with you know a hundred plus people probably and us with our shuttle with six people we're gonna help them and
1: fix their problems it's like really <laughs> well <laughs> one of those people is pike and hemmer i mean yeah. me, they're they're and he had Spock to and Spock to and Spock, they're legendary, <laughs> some legendary people with them who can do amazing stuff.
2: Yeah, but you know, it's it's kind of like it's like how how is half a dozen people supposed to like help an entire starship if the entire I'd have to go back
1: and watch and see why they're going down there. I I because
2: well, they crashed and they didn't they they didn't have two locations. <laughs> And so they went down to try to rescue them and, and re- recover the ship if possible.
1: Well, did they go down to try and rescue them or did they go down to try and communicate with them and see how they can help them? Because they can't communicate with them, obviously, from where they are on their ship. So how do we get there? Well, we can't beam them. So they had to come down on a shuttle.
2: Well, yeah, but
1: they went down on the shuttle and then the Enterprise left and went on another mission. Yeah. Yeah, the that, that Enterprise <laughs> leaving, that was dicey. It yeah, like, it's not like the line.
2: Enterprise was sitting there in, in orbit, and it's like, okay, let's go down and see what's going on, and then we got the Enterprise, and we can go back up to the Enterprise and figure out what we need to do. They left, so really, yeah. the only rescue crew was the half a dozen people on a shuttle. Right. You know, where are they
3: going to re- where are they going to rescue <laughs> the Enterprise? Gone. They're going to shuttle them up into space. I guess they could shuttle them half a dozen at a time to somewhere else. I guess on the planet. But yeah, other than that, it was. And the Gorn, the creatures were kind of odd. It was a fun episode. Although I can't give them high credit for creativity. Even the the Gorn looked like, you know, they're infrared, like in Predator.
4: Yeah, he even yeah. copied
3: the sound from Predator. Like a, that sound is like, they, they, it's a little it straight copy.
1: Yeah, they just did their Predator. And should they have done that with their Gorn? you know take one of their race existing races and and have that be what the gorn does because it really does make it problematic for how does i mean essentially what they're saying now is the only reason kirk could keep up with his gorn or anything is he was fighting a, essentially a geriatric gorn that was very very old <laughs> So, yeah because <laughs> certainly the way on describes it once the if, if if we let these gorns grow up or anything even if one of them is a, is a grown specimen or whatever they'll kill all of it we have no chance so if if, if a whole landing team has no chance against a grown-up gorn but how did kirk have any chance by himself against a gorn
3: so the guy in the suit can only move so fast.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> luckily, it changes to a guy in a suit. <laughs> you, you've, you've matured enough Gorn and killed enough other little Gorns and other creatures that now you can put on the suit. Why do I have to put on the suit? You have to put on the suit. It slows me down. I don't care. Put on the damn suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, yeah, uh, people will rate this episode. I mean, folks that like this kind of episode, right? That think the these action ones are the best ones. Rate number four and number nine. Both Gordon episodes as the best episodes of the season, right? And you can totally see how they can think that. But to me, number four, the with the space battle and things, is so much better and so much there's so many fewer plot holes and things in it than this. This, like you say, is sort of just playing with the whole aliens predator sort of thing. And, and, uh, and then at the end, I think they said, Oh, well, we want to make it show a couple things. One that it was truly a dangerous episode. And two that you never know what's going to happen on our series or whatever. So we're going to kill off one of our main characters. And they did so.
3: I think they could have made this. I don't know. It could have been more interesting if they didn't. Have, if they weren't Gorn. and they would have had a part of the 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 thrill of those episodes is them trying to figure it out. Like you don't know. Like if you look at um, God, what's the one with Kurt Russell They're in, in the Arctic? The thing. The thing yeah. It takes them a while to figure out what it's. It takes them a while to figure out what they're dealing with, so that like adds suspense. Because yes. they don't know what it's going to release are. I think there's a lot of things they could have done to make this episode. I mean, it's good, but it could have been really, really good if it was written right. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I liked it because of the the action and stuff. I mean, it definitely had some plot holes, but it was still a decent episode. The, uh, like like you're saying, I, I think if, if they hadn't even been Gorn, if they'd just been some species mm-hmm. that was on the planet that was attacking them or whatever, it probably would have been better. Yep. Um, you know, by calling them the Gorn and the way they were doing it, just created all sorts of other issues with the Gorn and 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 stuff that they these just these wild animals. So.
1: Well, you have to assume that sometimes when they when they go down to a planet or something, they're not going to always run into a race that looks just like us with little bumps on their heads or something, and 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 that somehow came up with a society that's very similar to our societies. It's like sometimes you're going to go on a planet and you're going to find a vicious sort of animal that's there or something that it, it wants to attack you and kill you. I mean, it, even on our planet, if they came down and beamed into uh, an area infested with grizzly bears, well, they would have some issues.
3: I know, but they don't. They have cannon. The problem is, it's not just any old aliens. It's an alien with cannon, and the cannon is they're highly intelligent. They build space. No, no, I'm, I'm saying fly- if they,
1: if they landed like jim's saying on a planet that didn't have the gorn this wasn't the gorn this is some other creature it would make total sense yeah, if they did that, time,
3: like i said that would work that, would, that yeah. would work a lot better if they did that
1: and that it tie out. into the whole name of the show strange new worlds it's like we're not having new worlds if we're just changing existing people it's not strange new variations of aliens you already know it's it's strange new world come on now <laughs>
2: So <laughs> I I wonder now now that they've killed off the engineer, yeah, Yeah, Maria. I like that character too. So I wonder if um, they're going to get a new chief engineer for next season that maybe you might know, be Calvary talking
1: Scott. in a Scottish <laughs> accent, possibly. It sounds like it's not. From what I've read and things, it sounds like they're bringing in yet a different engineer. And eventually, they're going to head towards Scotty. I, maybe their engineers will be like Kenny on South Park, where they just keep on killing off the engineers <laughs> until they finally get to Scotty in the last season or something. Every engineer lasts like one season, dies the last episode before they hit the next season, and then sort of uh, that, that would be interesting. <laughs> you know, yeah, because
2: you figure you know they
1: got to you know at some point Kirk's got to take over,
2: so they've got to slowly. You know, I don't think that Kirk came on and like all of the officers and people on board just came on when he came on. No. You know, yeah. so but, but gotta... you would
1: assume he brings some with him. So chances yeah. are you could you could go, okay. Well, maybe he brings Sulu or somebody with him. Or uh, McCoy. Yeah, McCoy. Maybe Sulu and McCoy come with him. And then uh but they See, I, I don't established think about... by then. I don't
2: think Sulu would come with him though.
3: Her, her, her... Well, yeah, because George kind there. like doesn't like William Shatner, so I yeah. Think, yeah, yeah,
2: they're not they're not buddies. There's no way that, that <laughs> Kirk would bring him. Uh, no, but he's he's like a helmsman or something like that, you know. And it's not like there was a close relationship with between Kirk and Sulu. You know, right. I could I could see you know Kirk bringing McCoy. Yeah, it seemed like they were kind of old friends, known each other for a long time, and you know maybe maybe. Montgomery Scott, you know, Scotty bringing him because, you know, maybe he wants his own chief engineer that he trusts or whatever, you know.
1: I was here. joking online that sometime between now and the end of this series, we should see a a young uh, astrophysicist named Sulu show up. And because he plays an astrophysicist in the first uh, pilot of, not the first, the second pilot, the one with, with Kirk, uh, where no one's gone before, and he talked. He does that whole scene that you remember of, of um, where he says that Gary Mitchell's power is like it's like having a pen, penny and doubling it at the end of, every day. At the end of a month, you'll be a millionaire. That's the line that that he gives, and and sure, I was I... he can bump into Ortega, and or, or, Ortega can say to him. How because he he could say something like, well, this whole astrophysics thing, I don't know if it's panning out for me. I think I might want to do something else. And he's like, oh, you should try piloting the ship. That is so much fun and whatever. And kind of <laughs> plant that seed in his brain that oh, maybe I want to be a, a navigator <laughs> instead of a uh, astrophysicist.
2: Yeah. <laughs> takes a step down.
3: Yeah, I, I, this shit is boring. Oops.
2: I I, I, I think. I, th- I think we'll definitely see, you know, more and more of the original Star Trek characters coming in. I I, I, re- I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see Kirk at some point during this this series.
1: <laughs> you think? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't
3: think so, Jim. I don't think that's so. <laughs> Yeah, well,
1: I don't know. Pictures leaked of the guy that's going to play Kirk. And they and they explained that by saying well they were filming the second season so he's going to be some show up sometime in the second season is what they've said ah huh. so, so we should see how truthful they are he, he looked more like JFK to me yeah,
3: yeah I, like, I like the I like the actor he just doesn't look like Kirk
1: yeah yeah. Uh, I, uh, but that's not for this episode. That's for next episode. Right. Let's let's next season. Next season. We'll, next we'll get into when he shows up next season, we'll get into what he's doing. But uh anyway. He's,
3: he's the one that catches Hammer. Or...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. I got,
3: you. <laughs> I got him. <laughs>
1: but uh no, I and I thought um I thought all the actors did a pretty good job on this. Seeming scared, seeming like, okay, what can we do to stop this? Um, didn't love letting Sam just go off on Spock like he did. Um, and then, and then it just seemed out of character for for Pike to wait that long to jump in and say, "Knock it off." Um, I don't know. Pike, a few times, I mean, in in the second season of Discovery, where they had Pike in it, they just seemed to nail his character in every episode. I, there was never a point in any episode where I said, oh, that seems out of character for him, and he just was perfect, pitch perfect, and then this season, there have been certain scenes and certain episodes where I'm like, oh, that seems really out of character for Pike. I almost feel like there were things written for like number one to do. And then either through the actor who plays Pike, which seems out of character for him or through the writers where they said, Oh no, we want to feature Pike more. So let's just give him her lines. Cause it just seemed like they weren't written for him. It's just strange, but just in a few episodes, this being one of them. Um, But I don't know. And it sure seems like this season, they sure have not given Una much to do at all. I mean, she's, every time they can, every time, any any possible way, there's always some way that she, they're like, okay, well, we're going to do this thing. You go over here and you do this other thing that we won't see for the rest of the episode. And And she's like, okay. This one, she's
2: like,
3: this one, she's sitting in the captain's chair at the beginning and the end. That's basically it. Yep.
1: Okay. a little doesn't, more that doesn't make up for the fact that she's not in the whole episode, right? Until the no, <laughs> <I> mean,
3: <laughs> okay. she's not it's, in it at
2: all. They should just write her out. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to hear them see them write, a,
1: write her out. Oh, so. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just that, like we said before, she and Laon both share the same sort of character traits. Yeah, have to feature one and not the other or something. So you definitely might need to get one of one. You certainly wouldn't want to get rid of both. That would make no sense. But anyway, <laughs> that's, uh, Bob, you got anything else in this episode that you want to point out? Well, didn't wasn't it this episode? Just a second. You point out trying to about think. About, I'm, I'm fact checking something. Just
2: trying
3: that. to think. Again, I'm trying to I'm trying to separate the overlap between.
1: Well, I wasn't into the whole chest bursting thing that they do, and that it was just too much of a straight on out of aliens.
3: I, well, everything was that was the point I made before. They they copied Predator almost the sound, the visuals, and they copied Alien basically directly. Yeah, like. It blows up out of your chest, and then even the predator scenes—it's the same sound the predator makes. He makes kind of this weird growl, low growling sound. I mean, the and difference is there's
1: like four of them that burst out instead of one, so it's four times yeah. deadly. But it still wasn't as impressive as the one alien, of course, and because it can't do that. Kind Seems of like
3: thing. you could have like you could have done like I said something. I don't know. Even even the alien and the thing is different i don't know it seems like you could have done something different and slightly more creative yeah but, but it was uh it sort of reminded me of that one in the next gen where they they've taken over the high command these aliens they have this little spiky thing that sticks out of their neck kind of cheesy yeah i enjoyed it i can't i'm not saying i didn't i enjoyed the episode
1: yeah but it had some well, what would you? Okay, let's go to our rating of the episode. How, how would you rate the episode, Bob? Out of ten, probably a six and a half. Okay, so you uh, for you you'd have it on the lower end of the episodes this season. Just for the sure visceralness of it, and and I kind of like that in it in this episode, and also the fact that it comes off of the storybook episode so that it's completely different than the last episode I like that change in pace that they do so much with this series I'd have to give it like a eight or a 7.5 or something like that someone I, I
3: had to drop it a little too because Pike's hair was up again so that knocked <laughs> a <down> a point. <laughs> I,
2: I I would give it a
1: a, a seven-ish or so okay and then, which character would you say had their best part in this episode? Oh, easily Una. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'd probably I give agree. It to She's it. Just...
1: <laughs> Hammer in his last performance. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Hammer. I don't know, Bob. Who do you think was the character that kind of stood out? Yeah, I think it was Hammer,
3: and that's why I mean I already liked the character and I liked him even more after that. And then then he jumps off the off the cliff. So I guess <laughs> it's a Daryl's writing campaign to get rid of the character because I like right. him. So <laughs> this is Bob it, it,
2: it it
1: wasn't off a cliff, right? It was wasn't it off like the shuttle bay doors or something like that? You no, know, he walked out the shuttle bay doors, and then you see it took me in my second watching that I noticed it. You see his little shadowy character that's two inches high on your screen go
2: ah!
1: and fall down towards this. Oh, like,
2: I, I thought he just basically walked walked went off, off, off the, the shuttle bay doors. Okay. I, I thought he just, you know, did his his flop out the, off that and that was
1: No, I cause I think he he walked outside and then talked about because then he was in the wind and everything and the and the cold and he said, Oh, it was like home. It was like his. Planet of his origin or whatever.
2: So and, it was in this episode that Laon basically took leave and left the Enterprise. So,
3: yeah, right, right at the end because she wants to take care of the little girl.
2: Yeah. So, so they did get rid of one of those two characters. Right.
1: So Laon left. Yeah. We don't know for how long. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, she's taking leave. So who knows what. Yeah. Cause easily, they could easily have her come back at the beginning of season two and say, oh, she's been gone for six months. I mean, Yeah.
2: It just, it just seems strange that if they weren't planning on having her be gone permanently, then her taking leave to take care of the girl doesn't make much sense if they're just going to bring her right back.
1: Correct. I would agree with that. I would, I would say it'd be, it should be helpful to the rest of the cast to have her, because they, she, she had the most development probably of anybody. She could be gone the first three or four episodes and they can focus on some other cast members and that'd be an okay thing on the other hand she could have been on the ship and they could have focused on other cast members and just not have her play a big part see una about this whole thing <laughs> see, yeah I, una hasn't been gone all season but she sure seemed like she halfway has
2: it, it kind of makes me wonder if if they aren't did they have some kind of an arc for next season where She's off helping the girl, and they get into some kind of trouble with the Gorn or something like that. And then the Enterprise then has to go and and rescue them or something or help them or something like that. So they're setting it up for that kind of a situation where she, you know, maybe will be gone for a few episodes or whatever,
1: and and they're gonna have the Enterprise come to her rescue yeah. or something. Could be. Certainly, I can't see them be getting rid of the character, because I think they one, they've invested too much story time into the character, it'll just lose that character. And two, fans really like that character. So I think... Well, you could say that about about, uh, the the engineer as well. Of course. Yeah. They did... uh, The the difference with Hemmer is Hemmer was almost like Una, in that he disappeared for many episodes at a time. They were like... He was only in, I think... Four or five episodes. He had there Let's was see. a number of episodes where he did He's, not appear at all.
3: He was in but, six, according to IMDb. But
1: well, it's not like you can
2: have your engineer in every single episode. You know, it's like it. right.
3: It can, yeah, right. Oh, I can't, Captain.
2: It's <laughs> like oh, we're gonna go on an away mission down to the thing. Oh, we better bring our chief engineer with us.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes you know, it makes sense. Not yeah, all. I
2: mean, this one you know, they're trying to help a ship, so it kind of makes sense, but. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder if they're I just see. trying to save some money, not have to do his uh, his makeup stuff every. Yeah,
1: yeah every episode. It's well, not, they could just enough. have to start wearing a bag or something over his head.
3: <laughs> a helmet. He's yeah. got a. He's got a helmet that makes him able to see, and he it. Over. He could be like the Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say he's a Mandalorian <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, I guess he's the he, he's the because he what is he? He's an Andorian, uh, Andorian. No, he's,
2: he's not an Andorian, he's he's from Andoria, but he's a uh, a different uh, yeah sub
1: group. I mean, I think he's still an Andorian, but he's but he's a offshoot or um, yeah, I know what you're saying.
2: Uh, one of the ice ice Andorians or whatever. That yeah, the ice
1: and yeah. I still think they should have come. <laughs> they should have Just went outside, packed the ice all around him, and said, "Oh, look, they're dead now. They've frozen, and so they're de- and so we can remove them or whatever we can do." That's, and you're going that's what
3: that's what I thought they were gonna do. They were oh okay
2: yeah, like, He's he's a subspecies the the enar
1: yeah that's it i knew something about that yeah i think they introduced i don't know if they introduced them but i think they played on the enterprise a bit um, well they're serious the Enterprise. yeah
2: yeah they, they did introduce them on the, the enterprise series yeah definitely yeah they had the Andorians, and then they had some episodes where they actually went down to Andoria and to the ice caves and ran into these telepathic, blind, white um,
1: Andorian. Right. Right. Okay. Well, did you ever give us who your character was, your standout character for the episode was, Jim? Yeah, I told you, Una. Okay, <laughs> fine no, just
2: just not, i i would say uh yeah I, I would give it to, to the engineer yeah seeing okay. his last episode and and stuff I mean they all had a
1: I I really life. thought you were gonna say uh, give it to Sam kirk as he was back for his third episode his third triumphant great episode <laughs> yeah. I, yeah i give it
2: to I give it to the, the guy, the the ensign or whatever, that was um, trying to kill up in the tube, trying to fix something when he was taken away by the gorn.
1: Yeah. Well, that was a little cheesy writing, too, now that I think about it, was having the, the two people that they are giving special awards to or whatever at the beginning of the episode, have them both be on the away team and have them both die. It was, like, pretty dicey. But...
3: But you, they need to write in some characters that could really kill him or hammer but yeah you're gonna well, kill one person you got to figure out who you're gonna kill and scott can't be a major character unless you want to get rid of them
2: well and to me it didn't make sense in that <laughs> though. we have these two ensigns let's take them on this away mission where we've had a, a starship crash land on a planet <laughs> Yeah, you know, because, yeah, they, they are going to be, you know, much more help than some other person to, to de- you know, they could be, you know, people laying around dying all over the place, yeah. and, you know, all sorts of stuff. But
3: I think Pike says, that the, you know, another, we'll have one more or adventure with the with the ensigns or whatever the, or interns or whatever you call them. They Even though the
2: other guy was really an intern. Or the, or the cadets. Okay. Cadets,
1: no, yeah. one was an ensign turning into a lieutenant, so he became a lieutenant.
2: Yeah. yeah so and a... the
1: other one was a like you say a, a cadet, like a hurra that was, I think, done finished with her rotation and leaving the ship or something.
2: Well, and hurra is not a cadet, right? There, are right?
1: ensign, right? there. A hurra is a cadet.
2: Is
1: she? Hmm. She's got a different badge that everybody else wears, and yeah. same as as this cadet person. Um, and she was th- she was thinking about whether she was going to stay on the ship or she was going to go. Uh, her was right. Right. Yeah. And she looked at the station and it was like, <clears throat> "And I did like that part where they had her look at the communication station on the bridge for you know a little bit of a lingering look at that. Thinking maybe that's her future. I don't know, but." Anyway, all right, well, let's leave this one and let's head into talking about the season finale. So catch us next time for the season of finale, folks. I think this was an enjoyable episode. Don't write too much into it again. Don't analyze the writing. Don't, uh, <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> don't be too picky about the effects. Don't compare it to other films you've seen in the past, like <laughs> in the 80s, and then I think you'll be fine. <laughs>
3: Basically, <laughs> don't watch it then.
1: Don't <laughs> be. Watch it, but have one eye closed the entire time. Because what
2: happens? Shut yeah. half your brain down. And That's no, right. no logical reasoning. Reasoning, just enjoy <laughs> the horror fest.
1: Just enjoy it for uh, the horror fest it is. Yes. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys.
5: Today in the Ready Room, I'm joined by Bruce Horak, who plays Chief Engineer Hemmer. This week's horrifying episode warrants a look at all the times Star Trek has scared the heck out of us, plus an exclusive sneak peek of next week's finale episode is on deck! I am equally excited and sad that next week is the end of season one. Grab your phaser rifle, check the corners, watch your six, and head for the ready room for all that and more. Hey nerds, I'm Will Wheaton and this is The Ready Room, your official behind the scenes hub for all things Star Trek Universe. Today we're diving into the penultimate episode of season one of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. We're so close to the end, like there's literally one episode left and I feel really conflicted. I'm just gonna keep comforting myself with the knowledge that Star Trek Strange New Worlds will be returning for a second season, although it can't come soon enough. For right now though, We are digging into episode nine, All Those Who Wander. And like any good scary story, it's best to not know what's coming. So red alert! If there's anything that is a bad idea to wander through, it's a ready room when you haven't seen the episode. Also, an abandoned starship on a creepy ice planet. Please go back, stream it, and then return here to get the lowdown without the risk of spoilers. Okay. Now that I know that I am only talking to those of you who have seen all those who wander. (sighs) Wow, that, that episode was a lot, wasn't it? I think maybe we all need to like take just a second to maybe breathe and acknowledge how intense that was. Or at least I do. You are welcome to join me if you like, we're gonna do it together, here we go. The Gorn have come a long way since they were a guy in a rubber suit, haven't they? I mean, these Gorn are straight up terrifying. It's about a year ago when Akiva Goldsman told me he was going to write a horror episode for Strange New Worlds, and I was like, oh, that will be scary. I had no idea it was going to be horrifying. Well done, Akiva. But did you have to kill Hemmer? Dude! Dude! I loved Chief Engineer Hemmer, and I'm thrilled that I have Bruce Horak, who has brought him to life this entire season, here today to talk about our favorite Enar, his friendship with Uhura, and the heart-wrenching end to his story, Akiba Goldsman, you murderer. Because it is episodic, Strange New Worlds can tell a different type of story each week, and this is so cool. This season, we've seen Space Pirates, a fantasy novel come to life, a brilliant homage to a mock Time, and this week, <laughs> a literal horror show. So after I talk with Bruce, we'll revisit a few other times. Star Trek has struck terror into our hearts. And I think after this week, we're going to grade this collection of episodes on a curve. But before we get to any of that, Making a horror episode takes some serious effects work. Those terrifying little baby Gorn creatures, they are puppets. I know, right? Instead of using visual effects to put baby Gorn into the scene, they used visual effects to remove people who were operating baby Gorn puppets. That's so rad. And since we are all about things that are rad here in the ready room, we've got an incredible behind the scenes look at the making of this week's creature feature. Control room. Engage.
0: When the writers first told me that they were going to reintroduce the Gorn as a nemesis, I almost jumped out of my skin. It was such a good idea.
5: Well, it's just the baby Gorn. They're adorable, right? Baby Gorns, they're so cute. Joking, they're like our horror story.
0: We need to make a run for it. The Gorn is is so prevalent in Trek canon and the Trek world, and yet we've only seen them at one point when special effects, makeup and costuming is not that far (laughs) The technology is there to take this concept and make it really vivid and really real and really visceral.
4: You know, this is one area we know that we are breaking a little bit from canon, but we're doing it for a purpose. One of the things that was important to Alex uh, Kurtzman when we were designing them was finding a way to make the Gorn move in mysterious alien ways, Uh, meaning that they would pounce in ways that we wouldn't expect, they would move in ways that we wouldn't expect, all of which is essential horror movie stuff. Our writer, Davey Perez, who wrote that episode, he comes from a love of horror and he really, really made it shine in that episode.
5: And they had puppeteers doing the baby Gorn. It was like, whoa, like taking selfies with the goon and like I think people are getting a little fatigued by too much CGI and anything that's practical, practical effects are always more interesting. They're more interesting to play with on set and they're more, more interesting to watch, I think.
0: Puppetry is very tricky because the best versions of it have to include incredibly specific lighting. Otherwise you're very aware that you're looking at a puppet. And editing plays a huge part in it. How much do you see, how much do you not see? And then if you do it right and you combine it with CG elements, hopefully the audience really starts to not be able to tell, it feels vivid and real.
4: Our amazing team from Legacy, Alan Scott, and our team here, the prosthetics team, um, led by Chris Bridges, the stuff that they create is insane. I see it and I'm like, oh, there's a real alien. And it doesn't even phase you that it's fake. You're just like, oh yeah, that's an alien. Traditionally, there hasn't been a lot of animatronics or puppeted characters. I think that's because, you know, when you're shooting on main unit, it's so fast paced. And puppeteering something real time can get quite intricate. I think these were in itself testing the waters to see how viable these characters are. And I think we demonstrated that it is viable and and that we would probably see a lot more of it. But there are definitely moments where we have to augment pieces like Buckley. Essentially, Gorn are born out of his back. There's moments in there where we'll wind up having to, you know, remove the rods that are on these little puppets that come out or add finger movement or head twitches, the very little subtle things that make you go from a puppet to a very realistic-looking alien.
5: Episode nine was such a huge episode because there's a lot of people to cover, so it was a big episode for Chris Byrne to to take on, Um, but he's brilliant, he's the perfect one for it. We literally were all kind of like going, oh, quick, we've got to get this one scene of the day in 45 minutes, go! which is essentially the same thing as running away from the Gorn. Yeah, it was a fun episode. Stressful, but fun.
6: What I like about the Gorn, and this is sort of uh, counterintuitive when it comes to Star Trek, but what I like about the Gorn is they're not every other iteration of representation of the human other in in alien skin. They're evil.
2: I think we'll be seeing a lot of them. And they're... A very formidable and dangerous foe.
5: Aside from their terrifying breeding practices, the Gorn are known for brewing the finest of what beverage? A. Maribroot Tea, B. Canar, C. Meridor. or D. Cali Don't boldly go anywhere. Stay tuned for the answer. I am now joined by the Enterprise's Enar Extraordinaire, Bruce Horak. Who plays Chief Engineer Hammer, Bruce? Thank you so much for joining me today in the
6: Ready Room. Oh, it's such a such a treat and a pleasure to uh, to be here, Will. Thank you.
5: Let's talk specifically about this week's episode. Um, All those who wander is maybe the most terrifying episode of Star Trek I have ever seen in my life. Um, Uh Like, it absolutely would never have been on broadcast television. There is no way this episode, this level, this this episode was horror movie levels of absolutely terrifying. Like, Captain Kirk's Gorn is like a stuntman in a rubber suit (laughs) compared to the Lovecraftian nightmares Mm. you all faced down in this episode.
6: Oh, it's just so great. I showed up for I think day one of this episode yeah. and uh, Chris Byrne, the director, yeah. had all the lights in the hallways were flickering back behind, like off off camera, There, the lights were down and it was this atmosphere off camera was just already intense. I remember we're sitting in sickbay waiting to, to do an entrance through one of the, through one of the uh, the sides of the ship, and so in sick bay we're all getting into makeup and all that, and there's this light in the hallway that's going, <laughs> and that had been set up purposely to keep this environment going while we were. That's filming. amazing. And and he. Uh, you know he 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 would be right hands on he was right there with us you know just behind the camera shouting like okay action space movie horror and he was just shouting at us like getting that kind of adrenaline going yeah i mean the the whole crew was just on board with the the vibe of of uh what was happening in the episode and carrying that on um you know after after cut was was shouted just to uh Cause yeah, I think that's so important. You're just gonna you're gonna carry that stuff with you and and make it th- so much more heightened uh, as you're as you're playing uh, throughout the day. But, yeah, it was really um, it was really intense. <laughs> I'm gonna have gorn nightmares for my
5: <laughs> whole life. Uh, I think everyone's gonna have gorn nightmares. <laughs> um, let's talk about the little baby gorns that were practical. Actual puppets. Um, mm. I did not know that until we were prepping Ready Room, and we were talking about how this episode came together, and 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 what it meant. And oh yeah, you know those baby Gorn—they're puppets, and they use visual effects to w- get rid of the puppeteers. Talk mm. to me about—I've sh- never done that. Talk to me about sharing the set with a puppeteer who's who's, by the way, controlling these. Terrifying little monsters.
6: Yeah, yeah, they're um, they're just extraordinary performers. Um, there's a heightened reality around a puppet. I mean, they're yeah. just so present. They're just you know they, they're they're always on. And as these puppeteers are bringing them to life, I mean, they're really intense. <laughs> they're really creepy. Um, you know, just even in, when they're inert, when they're just lying there, I mean, they're just oh, they and they're sculpted so. In, in such craftsmanship behind it, um, like huge respect for that. Um, the the one shot that 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 really uh, still sticks in my mind is the moment where Hammer gets kind of sprayed with the goo. <laughs> to that moment and they kind of shot the angle of the Gorn going kind of hissing and and spraying and and Sally and I were standing kind of watching this thing kind of in motion and thinking okay how would I react if that was actually happening and then the moment where they turned the camera around to shoot me getting sprayed uh, the Gorn was gone and there was I wish I could remember his name, but there's this fellow with like a super soaker cannon yeah. basically full of Gorn goo Yeah. You know, holding it beside the camera and they're like, hey, th- um, you know, on action, it's going to be a pause and then he's going to go p- and spray this stuff on you. And there's just this moment of Celia and I looking at each other going, this is kind of Gornographic really. I don't know if I could say that, but <laughs> just this moment of like, okay, this is, this is going to be.
5: Gornographic is my new favorite portmanteau.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were shooting pornography. You can use that. Um, <laughs> just this disturbing moment, and there's there's this there's this technician holding a yeah. super soaker, is about to spray me, and it's just a moment of like, okay, before we go, I just need to introduce myself and get your name. I'm I'm Bruce, and you are. Okay. I, I feel was.
5: like we're going to be having a slightly intimate relationship. Yeah, like let's let's
6: get to know each other. Yeah.
5: How many uh, How many One times moment. did you get shot with gorn goo?
6: Uh, <laughs> that's a trade secret, Will. Oh, okay, um, very well. <laughs> no. I never, you never, you never go and tell. No, I think it was, um, I think it was probably four or five times. Damn. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's quite an experience. Did the puppeteers <laughs> do that
5: slightly disconcerting thing where they kind of keep the puppet alive between takes?
3: I told you before. Never talk to me at work. I'm busy.
5: <laughs> I imagine in the case of these terrifying Gorn monsters, <laughs> like looking down and seeing one of those little things just kind of like turn slowly and like fix you with a stare. Like if I were a puppeteer, I would figure out who in this crew am I going to get to mess with? And like that would just be like my fun, but did they do that at all when you were, when you were on set?
6: <laughs> I'm sure they did, I'm sure they did. Uh, I think maybe Celia and I were a bit busy goofing around
5: yeah um i uh what i what i the, the picture that you are painting for me is of a beautiful set and a wonderful supportive uh familial crew and and i'm I'm really getting from you as we approach you know there's only one episode left this year uh, confirmation of something that I have suspected all the way back to Star Trek day last year you all strike me as very much a next generation style of crew and cast um with a tight bond and uh and friendships that I feel are going to exist beyond the show um do you want to comment on that at all
6: yeah it's i think it's it's true and you know i i really came of age when uh, the next generation aired and um you know, it was a it was a bonding time for my family and I, and I think that exactly what you said about the next generation crew that that leaked through, that 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 vibe leaked through our television screens, yeah. and that was such an inspiration um, for me and and for my family, and I think for everyone on this show, that um, the way that we interact with each other, and and it was, you know, it was it was difficult in that. There we were with the COVID protocols and we weren't able to really socialize with each other. But in those moments where we were able to take the masks off and get in front of the camera and play with each other, um, it it made it even more important, I think, to, to develop those bonds and those relationships. And I think that, That leaks through in this particular season, and I think it's going to it's going to develop and deepen over time with this with this crew
5: Hemmer has been just this amazing Character to get to know in strange new worlds and he has become Extraordinarily important to me personally what I get out of him is this quiet gentle stoic wisdom it is Weird how much his gentle lessons to Uhura resonated with me in, like, deeply personal, specific ways. I am really going to miss him. And I know that I am not the only one. So this week, he gets this noble and perfect death. And I very strongly felt that anything less would have been dishonorable writing.
0: what what's going on?
6: I may not be able to sense them, but I know my own body very well.
0: The spray is more than a venom. It's how they reproduce.
2: Captain, open the door.
0: I... I can't.
6: I do not want anyone to try to stop me.
2: We can extract them.
3: We'll neutralize the growth process. figure something out.
6: If we had more time, I'm sure you could. But it's too late. We all know what's coming. Emmer, you don't have to do this. But Captain... My My sacrifice saved the lives of those I care most about. For me, there is no other choice.
5: Now we get to my question. (laughs) You have indicated (laughs) that you had a heads up. You knew that Hemmer was going to be only in this one season. I -hmm. would love to know what your emotional reactions were at the moments where you were you read how this was going to go down, and then what your emotions were like in the cargo bay on that last scene of his.
6: Right from the very get-go, uh, they told me that that Hammer was going to not make it um, through the season, and. You know, I just, I, I kept sort of saying, you know, as we were leading up to it, when when the writers would come over and say, oh, you know, we're working on 109 and it's coming. And I just kept saying, just sort of sidewise, I would say, uh, just please make it cool. Just please make it cool. Totally. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they did. And when I read it, uh, that was my first response. I just kept saying, yes, yes, yes. It's, it's noble. It's, you know, he's, he's the mentor figure. Yeah, it's heartbreaking, but it's also really cool. And uh, you know, it scratches off some of that stuff on my my Star Trek bucket list. You know, like got to transport in, I got to play with a, a communicator, and uh, I get to do one of those. Live long and prosper, my friend. Getting to flip Spock, one of the live long and prosper. I mean, that's that's a Star Trek bucket list right there. On behalf of Star Trek fandom, thank you for
5: Hemmer. Um, he is a beloved character, and oh my god, we're gonna miss him so
6: much. As a cast member, I was so thrilled to be a part of it, and as a fan, I can't wait to see what comes next. Aside from their terrifying breeding
5: practices, the Gorn are known for brewing the finest of what beverage? Maribru tea, Canar, marador, or Fall. And the answer is Meridor. The first mention of this delicious drink was in the Star Trek Enterprise season 4 episode Bound, when the Orion, Harad Sar, introduced Captain Archer to the blue concoction. Remember when video stores existed? Ask an old person if you don't. Sci-fi and horror were always together in one section in the video store, remember? I've always wondered if that's why there is just so much overlap in a Venn diagram of horror fans, sci-fi fans, and people who identify as nerds. I'm realizing now that I have just made a perfect circle that a lot of us live in the center of, right? Let's hang out here for a minute and take a look back at some of Star Trek's more terrifying moments.
0: What is that?
6: I don't know. But I smell human blood. filled with fear, 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 do you remember? No!
0: More like clicks, clicking sounds. I've been in this room before. We've all been here before. Is he shushing you?
5: Overpowering an ancient terror. It has a name. Baradis Kessler. Rezek. Devouring all life.
0: All life. A hunger that will never die. Rezek! Rezek! <laughs>
5: Y'all, there is just no avoiding it. The finale of Star Trek Strange New World season one is just one week away. It feels like we were just in the middle of waiting for season one to begin for an entire year. And yet, here we are. So, to tide you over while you're planning your watch parties, brewing your own Meridor, and re-binging all of season one, here's an exclusive sneak preview at the last new episode we'll have for just a little while. Check it out.
3: How do you plan to fix our supply chain problems?
5: Under the proposed retrofit directive, every outpost will be equipped with state-of-the-art matter synthesizers fueled by minerals from the asteroid itself.
2: They will
0: also each receive a set of fully automated mining craft that can be operated remotely. Commander, how does this sound? Sounds like what
3: I've been asking for for the last five years. (laughs) Well, you're welcome.
1: You know I'm working. I just wanted to meet
0: Captain Pike.
3: <laughs> Apologies. Mott has always dreamt about joining
0: Starfleet. What did you say your name is? Mott. Mott Al-Salah. He has a model of the Enterprise back
3: home. You're quite a
5: hero. Is it true you told tell what, what?
0: Apologies, I, I think I need a moment. I'm sorry, uh, he just gets a little excited. It's totally fine. I'm just feeling a little under the weather. Number one in Spock can answer any further questions you have.
6: Boy, he's one of the names you mentioned.
0: Yes, I wasn't expecting that. There's two cadets who don't make it. He's one of them. You
3: don't have to face this alone. What are you going to do?
0: I don't know. We have to do something don't I?
5: That didn't reveal nearly as much as I wished it could, but next week we'll have the full episode to discuss. Check this out, I'll be embarking on an away mission to chat in person with Ethan Peck and Henry Alonzo Myers on the set of season two in Toronto. That's right, production value. The three of us will reflect on Star Trek Strange New World's first season and provide shoulders to cry on as we all adjust to its inevitable conclusion. Until then, I'm Will Wheaton. Live long and prosper.